Just remember, we did not have a show for you on Friday because when the news got out that the baseball game on Friday was pushed from a night to a noon start, there's just, I mean, it would have been possible, but I would have had to put together a 16-hour day because we knew that we were going to be calling baseball and softball. And remember, I don't just show up at the park and start talking. you got to know a little bit about the teams that you're going up against. So we had both games for you on Friday starting at noon. It wasn't so good for baseball. In fact, we'll only do a couple of highlights here. We'll get more into the team tomorrow because tomorrow the team will be playing again at the University of Florida, and we'll be on the trip and be able to call that game live for you on USF Bulls Unlimited. However, we'll stick with softball here. Before we get to the end of Georgina Corrick's home career, all but certainly there's a slight chance they could be at home again. Hey, it happened in 2012 as the Bulls won their regional in Gainesville, and Hofstra pulled off an upset. So when you have the hosts both lose, it goes down to basically the better-seeded team that's left getting the hosts. Okay, we take that. But either way, how it ended as far as her home career was was pretty good and you'll hear the clip here in a second but that game two victory when she got that you heard the striking out the side in the top of the fourth that last k 349 set the conference mark for strikeouts and then on sunday she would get the conference mark for wins with 31 and what else she got was some big time run support in this one but also some big time defense including well from Georgina Corrick herself. Schulte, the runner at first, takes too big of a lead. Don't be uh, surprised if Foreman throws down there to try to get her. Here's the 1-0. She squares again, bunts it right back to George. Over to Rivera for one. The second, two, double play. Not every day you see a 1-6-4 double play, but you did right there. A great play by Corrick to Rivera. And then a ball in the dirt. A nice scoop from Megan Piero. Not bad from the second baseman. The Bulls brought the leather on this Sunday morning. The first pitch, and that ball's hit shallow center field. Will it get down? It does. Piero comes around. She will score. It's an RBI single from Des Maldonado, and the Bulls lead it 3-0. Lee gets the sign. Here's the first pitch to Alana. That ball's hit well. Left center field. Diving in there. It'll get to the wall. One run will score. Two runs will score. It's a two RBI double for Alana Rivera, and the Bulls lead by a touchdown. It's 7-0. Just a couple of the highlights there. There was another double play turned by the Bulls, 5-4-3, and Maldonado got to be a part of that. So we will, of course, replay those games plenty all week long, and you get to enjoy all of the highlights and a great job by Jay Retcher on the call. And it was awesome to be next to him in the booth because baseball had wrapped up by this time on Sunday as heard live on Bulls Unlimited 2, not just for the final home out of Georgina Cork's career, I got to video it. If you want to go to my Twitter page, at Derek Sharp, you kind of get an up-close look at how it looked. But here's how it sounded. Next pitch, cut on a miss, strike two. And to just think what this young lady has been able to do in a Bulls uniform. And the fans rise to their feet just like they should. One of the best athletes to wear the green and gold. Gets her sign. Deals, cut on a miss, strike three. Win number 31 for Georgina Cork. She embraces Josie Foreman in front of the plate, her final appearance here at home. And it's a shutout, seven nothing Bulls win. Three shutouts in this series for Cork and the Bulls. 21 straight shutout innings for the best pitcher in USF softball history. It's crazy that I was sitting up there on the Donaldson deck at the end of the sixth inning kind of hoping for a 
special moment for Vivian Pond to end it via the run rule and get Aaron Pepping the run rule clinching crossing of home plate. And then after seeing that in person and you just heard it, boy, we would have missed out on that. The Bulls fans on their feet, very, very special. And I'm going to say we're not done talking about Georgina Corrick, but the Bulls get the series-clinching 7 to nothing win, three RBI by Rivera in the game. She had a tremendous weekend, probably will be headed to conference honors. Probably she better be. And Desiree Maldonado, three for three. It's not just one person, but yeah, one person had a pretty good game. And oh yes, Alexis Johns got to 50 steals before anyone else in the country with two stolen bases on Sunday. Bulls go to 39-13 and 13 on the season. Houston cannot catch them. Tulsa cannot catch them. The only way they'd finish in second place is if Wichita were to get swept by UCF. We'll give you the full conference outlook on Around the American as its own separate 15-minute show to air for the first time on Monday afternoon at 4.30 on Bulls Unlimited. But on to baseball. You know, it started off not much different than last weekend where the Bulls were down going into the ninth inning. That was at Cincinnati, and they rallied for a one-run win, then got run-ruled Saturday 13-2, and then won the Sunday game easily. Well, in this case, they lost a one-run game where they almost rallied in the ninth inning and again got run-ruled 13-2 on Saturday. But unfortunately, Sunday was not as close, and the Bulls dropped the series to Houston 9-2. And unfortunately, and boy, Billy Mull will always lay it out, that Saturday situation, you can't just skip over the fact that it's been two run rule losses in a row because the Bulls don't have Jack Jaciak anymore. Ryan Kirkring is out of their rotation. And the Game 2 starter just, well, in this case, actually, Austin Grouse did a pretty good job with three innings. But after that, this was part of my conversation with Coach Mole from Sunday's pregame show. Grouse gave us three. That's what we were trying to get out of them. But what came in behind was not good. Um, and that's where we're at on Saturdays right now. We just... Guys need to step up and they need to realize this is big boy baseball and that mistakes get hit and we got to do a better job getting guys, putting guys in position to have success. That's where we are right now. The Bulls right now have Brad Lord and Ethan Brown as their set starters and then the middle game, sometimes it would be maybe Brown going in game two. I don't know if they do that. That other starting spot is up for grabs slash a bullpen day and the bullpen really has not done the job the last two Saturdays. However, Friday was definitely a gettable game against Houston, which had not had a sweep all year long, but since going 0-3, they had won every weekend. Now, they did have a 3-0 weekend, but against two different teams. Well, this is how you get to 29-15 and on the season. You keep winning weekends, and in this case, their first sweep in Tampa in school history, and they would get two against Brad Lord in the top of the second, but the Bulls had an answer. Revealed some pretty solid contact. Jacob Deese, by the way, speaking of solid, whip is a 1-3-4. That'll get it done. And two goes the other way with it. Hits it deep to left field, going back on it and watching it fly out of here is Nickens. Boy, Cantu, right when he hit that ball, it felt like strong contact. You heard a couple of members of the USF dugout say, yeah, like they knew it was gone. Took a second for me and the left fielder to realize that that was the case, but indeed it's gone, and we are tied at two. Yeah, the Bulls would out-homer the Cougars in this game, and they would take the lead on them in the bottom of the fifth inning. Things look good. Nelly Rivera, leadoff walk. Cantu a sack bunt. Nick Gonzalez, who has been the best hitter in conference play, a single. And then Bobby Bozer smacks a sack fly RBI, 
and it's a 3-2 lead. So a week after getting a lead and not being able to get out of the fifth inning with it, this time Brad Lord strikes out the leadoff batter Zach Arnold, the LSU transfer, but then double hit batter and then a pivotal play. First and second, one out, a tapper to Lord that could have been one of two things, an easy get the lead runner out at third and definitely a possible double play. Instead, kind of a weak throw to second, Bobby Bozer, who's playing second base, kind of cut in front of Gonzalez at short and was pulled off the bag by the throw. So instead of quite possibly a double play to end the inning and a 3-2 lead, the bases were loaded. In comes Orion Kirkring, first pitch, wild pitch. And even though he limits the damage to a sack fly RBI, the Bulls were down 4-3. Houston would get two more for a 6-3 lead. The Bulls definitely tried to battle back in this one. Two outs, nothing doing here for the Bulls in the bottom of the seventh, and Gonzalez strokes the ball to left field. That is hit pretty well, and it's out of here! Nick Gonzalez, singles machine, except for when he's hitting stunning solo home runs. You know, I owe him an apology because, honestly, off the bat, it had home run feel to it. But the wind has been carrying the ball back into play. And Nick Gonzalez does not have a ton of home runs. In fact, that was his first of the year and the fourth of his career. And against their outstanding closer, Ben Sears, who had to come in and get out of further damage as the Bulls put on two. So it looked like they were going to win this game twice. Maybe take the lead there in the seventh. And then they had second and third with one out in the bottom of the ninth against Sears. Cantu and Gonzalez singled. And Bobby Bozer laid down a sack bunt but all they could get was an RBI ground out from Carmine Lane and Marcus Brodell flied out to end the game. Lane would have a hitless weekend. We'll talk more about what happened in games two and three on tomorrow's show, but before we wrap things up with baseball, in case you weren't listening to the broadcast, and it's nothing I put out on Twitter, but we'll tell you here as we told you on the air that due to repeated team rules violations, Roberto Pena and Matt Ruiz are no longer on the team. So right now, you do not have many hitters on the bench. We are hoping, though, to get Ben Rosenblum, who would go back at second base. Bobby Bozer has been doing a great job wherever they asked him to play, including left field on Saturday. But Rosenblum would be a more natural guy out there. And then don't close the book on Drew Brutcher. They're hoping to get him back before the end of the regular season. And as Coach Mole said before the game Sunday, even though they lost 9-2, they're trying to get hot at the right time. And if you can picture Drew Brutcher coming back, and getting back into the swing towards the end of the regular season, that would be the right time. But there are only a few weeks left to do it. And remember, Gainesville tomorrow, Warren I-4 in Tampa this weekend. So we're not giving up on the baseball team, and they're still above 500, but in conference, just 4-11. and And again, we'll tell you more about the rest of the conference on Around the American, which airs Monday afternoon. Now on to men's tennis. We have the selection show gathering tonight and hope to give you some good audio tomorrow of them making the field. If you followed me on Twitter and you heard this show, we said collegetennisranks.com has the latest on how other conference tournament results have affected the Bulls. Well, they did in a good way. We told you to root for New Mexico in the Mountain West. They got to the finals, and that upped their ranking, which upped the Bulls' ranking. So as of today, USF looks like it is quote-unquote, safely in the field, and that Tulsa would be the last team getting in. By the way, the Bulls ranking just barely above Tulsa. So we'll do more on that on tomorrow's show, but it looks like the Bulls will be getting in, and we'll find out where they're headed tonight on the selection show. 
and they were headed all over the country talking about track and field. They were at the Penn Relays at Penn and the UNF Invite in Jacksonville. And over the weekend, you can get the full results on GoUSFBulls.com. Romaine Beckford, who I'm going to try and interview this week, the junior college transfer who was the JUCO high jump champ, he won the high jump and is second all-time as far as school history. That was at Penn. Aaron Carter took the discus at UNF. Shaney Davila second in the 100-meter hurdles at the Penn Relays. That is a big deal. And Hannah Connell was fifth in the race, but that got her fifth on USF's all-time list. The 4 by one relay of Connell, Shania Benjamin, Jadeja Baxter, and Kadisha Prescott, third at the Penn Relays. Again, a lot of great stuff turned in by both track and field representatives. Friday featured Stone Baker winning the pole vault at UNF, followed in second place by Kobe Babin. And it's sad to say, but we are wrapping up track and field in a couple of weekends. It's the conference outdoor championships in Wichita. Hopefully the weather is not so windy there. So we'll get more with track and field over the next couple of weeks. Want to do some interviews with those ladies and gentlemen for sure. That's going to wrap up Bulls Beat on a Monday. I'm Derek Sharp.